Hey there, and welcome back to Developing Developers Podcast. Thanks for tuning in for the first episode in the newest series, which is all about the how-tos of development. This series will walk us through specific things a developer should know how to do. To start us off, we are going to learn how to obtain a loan, which if you have listened to any of the past episodes, you'll know this is one of the more critical aspects of understanding the development process. Joining me today is Leslie Biskner, who is an Executive Vice President with Cooperative Business Services, a commercial lending group owned and partnered with nearly 140 credit unions. She's going to give us the play-by-play on how to obtain a loan and what a developer needs to know. Thank you, Leslie, for taking the time to share your knowledge with me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to jump in, Um, and we can go ahead and get started, and I just want to know what your current role is now and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. And I um, am honored to be here today. Thank you. Uh, So my current role at uh, CBS, short for Cooperative Business Services, is an executive vice president of business development. So my main role is to seek out development companies, real estate companies, owners to assist them with obtaining a loan so that they can move forward on their real estate transactions. It's perfect. And that's something that I don't know a ton about. So I'm excited to become more familiar. So thanks again for for being here. And how did you how did you get to where you are? So um, when I started college, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. And I had to work three jobs throughout college just to be able to pay for tuition. At the time I was in school, though, it was a lot less expensive than it is today. I worked uh, in the service industry, waiting tables, washing dishes, uh, anything to make a few dollars an hour. But as I muscled through college, I ended up getting a degree in natural resources and environmental science. And I chose that because I really liked the environmental side of things, but I wasn't really determined to be a park ranger or work at one of the metro parks here locally. I decided I wanted to get into real estate, and there is an environmental component to real estate. So I ended up working uh, with an environmental consulting company uh, for about 15 years. I transitioned for a short time over to the construction industry, and then I found my niche in commercial lending. The gentleman that runs our company, uh, Keith Reed, was instrumental in my development as a young person when I was selling and doing work in the environmental business. And when I heard about this company nearly 20 years ago, actually 20 years ago in June, I reached out to him and asked him how he felt about opening an office in Columbus. And he literally said, I really can't pay you. (laughs) But I took a leap of faith because I knew working in commercial real estate lending would be an amazing career for me. So here we are 17 years later, and I'm still loving my career. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Um, And I think it's really cool, especially as a woman, like it's it's not, you know, they're hard to come by sometimes in the commercial real estate world, but obviously we are multiplying in numbers. But um, I think that's really cool that you made that decision early on and got to, and someone supported you in running with it and um, got to live that out. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. And um, also as a young person, I bought my first duplex and lived on one side and rented the other side. Wow. 
And from that, uh, we, my husband and I began leveraging that property and grew to almost 50 units at Ohio State University and decided that that was a tough feat. Um, and we both were enjoying our daytime careers at the time. So we ended up selling, uh, the most, the majority of them and, uh, picking up some larger real estate entities and buildings in Westerville, Ohio. Uh, which we still own today, but uh, a loss, a lot less headaches than mm. renting to students on campus. I, can I, I just remember this one time we were in Las Vegas and enjoying each other's company, and we get a call that said one of our garages was on fire. Oh my! So goodness. during an Ohio State football game, somebody thought it would be fun to light up a couch in the alley, oh. and it burned down one of our properties. Oh my god! So we pretty much had enough of that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it was definitely a good stepping stone, and yeah. uh, and uh, I uh, got a lot of um, experience borrowing money. So uh, when I started to lend money, it all made sense. Mm. And I'm excited to hear more about that because I think borrowing money is something that can be scary for people and feels bad almost to do. And people don't want to be in debt. They don't want to um, have to borrow money and repay it. And it's just a scary thing, it's especially for me. I'm like, I don't, I just want to pay everything not have any debt, but I know mm -hmm. it's a good thing um, sometimes if you do it correctly. And it's always and a good thing. <laughs> developers, yeah, and developers need to take that risk. And so um, it's just a matter of balancing it, knowing how much risk you're able to take. So, so once a developer knows how much they need to borrow, I know that would be sort of the first step in before they came to a lender or someone and said, I need this amount of money. What's their first step to getting a loan? I would suggest making sure the reason for the loan is clearly defined. You also want to make sure that you are selecting a financial institution that it either has been recommended to you or perhaps somebody even that you know already because it is a symbiotic relationship. Um, it's it many times when you're borrowing money, it turns into a friendship with your lending institution and the person that you work with on a daily basis. But the other important thing for a developer is to make sure they have not just a general idea of what their budget will be, but really a detailed idea of what their budget will be from everything from soft costs to hard costs to the cost of the land if that needs to be purchased. Because the first question that may be out of the lender's mouth is, how much money do you have mm -hmm. and how much money do you have available for a down payment? Mm -hmm. So it, the, the definition of exactly and precisely what you need for the loan is very important as a first step. Mm. That's something that obviously a lot of people play a part in. So I'm sure they have to be communicative with the architect and the construction company. Absolutely. Everyone who's on board. So, um, and then from there, what is the full loan process? What information does a developer need to provide? How um, can, what does a lender look for? What is the whole process of getting? Well, sometimes I call myself the chief paper chaser <laughs> instead of an executive vice president because <laughs> there is a lot of paper to collect mm -hmm. when applying for a loan. So if, if, if I were looking for a loan, 
um, I would expect to fill out an application. So that is standard in any case. That helps financial institutions comply with the ECOA regulations, the Equal Credit Opportunity uh, requirements. So that's one step, but that's usually the, the easiest step in the process because it will take no longer than 10 minutes. Other things that... Um, Inexperienced or experienced people have to make sure they have current is what's called a personal financial statement. And this may list all of your personal assets. It'll list your real estate holdings, your real estate um, commercial and your home. And it will also have uh, a detailed listing of your of liquidity that you might have within your bank or credit union because one of the things your lending officer is going to look for is do you have the capability for a down payment? Mm. So um, many times more experienced people have those prepared. But if you don't and you're new to this business, don't worry. Your lending institution will have a form for you to fill out, <laughs> of course. Um, the other thing is that um, when a lender is assessing a project, they look at your overall financial health. It's called global global debt service or a global review. So on your personal financial statement, you may have things like a personal checking account listed. But uh, we may also ask for something called a business debt schedule, which will list if you do have any investment properties and what possibly your um, debt is associated with that as well as your monthly payments. Um, tax returns are a must. Um, Three years, typically, a lender will go back, both business and personal. A lot of people starting out in this business will only have personal tax returns. But make sure that if you are um, starting to look for a property, that you work with your accountant or your tax preparer, perhaps form a limited liability company, mm -hmm. and eventually you may you may file a separate tax return for your new or continuing business. Um, on the um, development side, obviously, we're going to look for things like tenant financials and leases, but I, we could probably dive into that mm -hmm. a little bit later in this recording. Yeah, of course. And how can a developer increase their chances? Organization is probably the key to that. Just be organized, make sure your files are named correctly. It's uh, a it's a guessing game for someone like myself or people that put uh, loan packages together to prepare for underwriting if the document just says, says scan doc PDF. Mm -hmm. um, make sure that if your documents are password protected, for example, that you supply that password to your loan officer. Um, Anything that can make the process easier makes it move along faster. Um, having a good uh, credit score if um, you're just starting out on your first project is important mm -hmm. also. That does help in the approval process. And, of course, having a solid project ready to go out the door is probably the number one thing. Yes, that that makes sense. Um, or yeah, organization is key, and that that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone said something without a name on a file because it it's hard to then find it later. Or um, you know, you I'm sure have lots of people sending lots of different documents, thousands of documents through a secure mm -hmm. portal. So yeah. 
Um, and sometimes it's even hard to figure out which person it needs to mm-hmm. go to if it's not labeled properly. Yeah, just adding adding time on everyone's end. So then with that, what specifically do lenders look for in a developer or in a project um, before deciding to lend? You know, um, that's a kind of a loaded question because um, if you're just starting out, mm-hmm. um, it really comes back to the project itself and the viability of being able for being successful. You know, for example, if you're developing a single tenant property, you know, um, just think of any name brand retail store that you might visit on a daily basis, you know, and you've already got uh, what uh, interest from that particular company, and now you're out seeking land. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're just wanting to buy a parcel of land, it is much more complicated and difficult to get a loan on just a vacant piece of property because one of the things any financial institution is going to look for is the ability to pay the debt back. Mm -hmm. And if you've got an empty property, there is nothing being able to service the debt. So um, the viability of a tenant, uh, perhaps multiple tenants, um, and then if obviously if you're more experienced, you may be able to bring that to the table to help get a loan approved, um, uh, showing a successful history of business transactions that might be identical or similar. Mm-hmm. So you need some sort of income to be able to show that. Yes. Some of the questions I might ask, like, for example, if you were applying for a loan, Mm -hmm. although I know what you do for your day job, I specifically might ask, do you have a day job? Mm -hmm. Do you have any partners? Um, Where's your down payment coming Mm -hmm. from? Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the opposite side, what do developers look for in a lender? What have you seen developers ask or look for? Well, I like to say or suggest you keep in mind the three R's. Okay. So responsiveness, reliability, and resilient. Mm -hmm. So you'll want to look for a lender that made it through the recession Mm -hmm. um, several years ago now. You want to make sure you work with a lender that assisted their customers during COVID. Um, There was a lot of turmoil during that time. And you want to make sure that they can pivot when need be on any type of project in the middle of what could be deemed a crisis or a pandemic, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So those things are all really important. Um, I'm fortunate enough to represent credit unions, and credit unions are community-based, and they care about their families in those communities. So it made it a lot easier to pivot when one of our borrowers needed assistance on a project. Um, But community banks... Uh, work the same way. So just make sure that whoever you select uh, is responsive because when people are working on projects like this, uh, there are a lot of delays, you know, getting permits and all kinds of things. Uh, But money is the key to getting the project done. So if your financial institution and your loan officer is responsive, it uh, lets you sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Money truly is the the key factor here. Yes, it is. Um, and it's what it what gets it going. Um, and then on top of that, trust and relationships. Absolutely. So it's all, all mm-hmm. goes together. Um, so what are the differences? I'm hearing some words here that I 
have heard multiple times. And I think a lot of this language is people probably nod their heads and don't understand fully what people are saying unless they're involved directly in the loan process. But what are the differences between getting a loan from a credit union versus a bank versus a mortgage broker? Sure. How does that so work? there's a lot of money available and there's lots of types of institutions. So um, obviously, uh, as mentioned early on, I represent the credit union family. But um, the, the main difference between credit unions and banks is that credit unions are nonprofit and they have volunteers for their board members, sometimes for life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the biggest difference between a bank and a credit union. Uh, there, there are uh, multiple banks um, just here in Central Ohio alone. You've got some of the largest banks in the United States, and you have some of the most amazing community banks uh, as well here in town. So, um, and then a mortgage broker is really unique in the way that they actually talk to multiple financial institutions at one time about a, a particular project. So essentially, they're your, they're your personal shopper for finding a loan. And many develop, developers and people that are buying in real estate find it to be a, a great convenience to work through a mortgage broker. Fortunately, we have really good relationships with mortgage brokers. So we usually get the call also, but they have access to other financial institutions like life insurance companies, for example, so which tend to finance a lot of uh, multifamily apartment developments. So uh, so it, it essentially, um, a person may choose a credit union, they may choose their local bank, or they may choose to work with a mortgage broker so that they don't have to do as much of the legwork. Mm-hmm. And do you find that developers sort of stick with one throughout all of their different projects? Ah. Or do they switch it up? So the folks that do multiple projects usually don't keep their eggs all in one basket mm-hmm. because cir- circumstances can change um, from one period to the next as far as lending capability for each institution. Mm-hmm. So I find that they build amazing relationships with multiple people. Um, usually in their hometowns. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that just in the Tembi Partners world, just different relationships that we have built as a company. But it's interesting to see sort of with different projects what the different approaches are to getting a loan. Absolutely. Each person, each group, it's we're all just human beings. So we each approach a project just a little bit differently. Uh, try to be creative and come up with a solution that works for everybody on the teams. Mm-hmm. And just on that made me think of this other question of, um, Oh, well, don't tell me you're throwing something <laughs> <Sorry>. out. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but so as a lender, they have a certain amount that they're willing to lend. Right. Right. So on any project, um, there's a loan to cost or loan to value. Mm -hmm. And that is typically what the financial institution will lend on. So say, for example, it's a $10 million project, a lending institution might be willing to lend $7.5 million on that project. Okay. And then um, I'll, I'll take a step back too. Sometimes there is a lending capacity limit on what a financial institution can lend to a certain borrowing group. 
Um, you know, for example, if if you uh, yourself, which one day I'm sure you will, run a billion dollar company, <laughs> thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> you might be able to borrow hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. but you may not be able to borrow you know hundreds of millions of dollars from one financial institution. You may have to work with several because they might they might hit their lending threshold. Gotcha. I don't know what that would be mm-hmm. in our case because. We are a credit union service organization. When we fund a loan, there are multiple credit unions throwing money into the pot. I haven't run across a circumstance yet where we've hit a threshold. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, every institution is different. So, okay. great question, easy Thank to answer. You. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might know that one. Yes. <laughs> um, is there anything else, just in general, that developers should know about obtaining a loan, or maybe even specific words that people use often that the average person might not know? Or well, I would say uh, just do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. If you've identified a property, know whether or not there's going to be an environmental issue. Environmental phase ones, environmental transaction screens can wreak havoc on a particular project if you're not expecting. Uh, an issue. Obviously, it comes down to money and the cost to fix an issue, but make sure you're prepared if you're buying, especially a piece of property that may be on a corner lot uh, that could have been a gas station at one time mm-hmm. or a mechanic's garage. Um, this day and age, appraisals are finicky. So, you know, work your industry contacts, talk to some of your friends that might do appraisals. Uh, ask them their opinion to make sure that, you know, you might be paying the right price for a particular project. And the one thing I always recommend to folks is to follow your taxes early. Mm. I would say probably 80 to 90% file late in October. Mm-hmm. But if you want to start a project in June, we really need to see what's going on for the year prior and year to date. So we love to get tax returns early, and that is just something that doesn't happen typically. Mm-hmm. But for the young people that are listening, you know, start working on your taxes in January and, mm-hmm. um, you know, talk to your accountants and um, see how they can move things forward for you so that when you do apply for a loan in June, all of your financials are listed out. Mm-hmm. Again, more about organization. And yep, keeping it goes it back all to that keyword. Thank ready. you. Um, Absolutely. And I'm going to throw another one in there for you now that I'm just thinking about it. I'm up for a challenge. So if, let's say, a loan, a developer... Let me hand you my pen. <laughs> <laughs> if a developer does obtain a loan and then they aren't able to, they don't end up getting enough income to repay that debt, um, what is the what happens if... It all goes awry, and then they default on their loan. Or they... So that is a bad word, the D word. Sorry, should um, I not have said that? No, but um, uh, let's just say, for an example, it's a construction loan, ground mm-hmm. up. The first draw on the loan would be used to purchase the land, potentially. Mm-hmm. If the project doesn't go any further than that, because anything could happen, I mm-hmm. suppose, maybe the... Um, contractor that they selected goes out of business or perhaps the tenant that was selected changes their mind Mm -hmm. at the 11th hour, Um, the loan isn't fully drawn. So there's going to be a way to remedy that. Um, From a credit union perspective, we've got a huge managed assets group. And as I mentioned early on, credit unions are community-based. So our team will do anything 
on earth to prevent the loan from going into full default. And we just work through the, the problem with、mm-hmm. the borrower as if it was our own family.、Mm-hmm. So I can't really speak for other financial institutions, but、um, you know, during the recession several years ago, I, I'm sure that was a big issue at the time. But、um, we never like to go to, in that、mm-hmm. direction. So we hope that that never happens.、Yeah. But again, proper preparation up front. Will absolutely prevent that from happening.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, and you know, honestly, when we're assessing the project, we're not going to lend the money unless we're、mm-hmm. about one hundred percent certain it's going to be successful. Yeah, which that totally makes sense, and that's why you do you do the due diligence and you make sure everything's in order before giving the loan. Absolutely.、Um, and lastly, what advice do you have for the developing developers of the world? So, I would suggest that you、uh, look at several careers while you're moving up the ladder. It is really helpful. I found to be really helpful to have a background in environmental science and、mm-hmm. construction, and、uh, being my own real estate owner, then onto commercial lending. I feel like when I talk to somebody, there's just a vast knowledge. Of experience and examples of things that have happened. So, for a young person that's moving through this process, it, try different careers. You know, try to、um, maybe work in a construction department of a company, or if you enjoy environmental work,、mm-hmm. or perhaps you like appraisal or inspection work. Try some of those. It doesn't have to be a lifelong career.、Um, also, I always take the attitude. When I come to work, I work like it's my very first day on the job, no matter what day it is of the week or the year. So, everyone always says they're going to buckle down on January second. Well, how about buckling down on December twenty third?、Mm. Just pretend like that's your first day at your new job, and I find that that attitude helps everyone be successful. And then.、Um, Keep keep up with your continuing education courses. Attend classes and seminars. There's a lot of free things out there, including this podcast,、mm-hmm. that you can learn from.、Mm-hmm. You know, on a daily basis while you're driving to a site or visiting with family, just turn on, you know, your radio.、Uh, well, I guess do we even call it radios anymore? <laughs> turn on it, your, phone. your phone, <laughs> exactly, and、um, pick something out that you might enjoy.、Um, And then、uh, there are lots of continuing education classes. For example, I have a CCIM designation, which kind of、uh, it, I spent two hundred hours of classroom time and took five exams to get that designation. It it's a commercial real estate designation.、Uh, we could have a whole another podcast on why you should become a CCIM at a later <laughs> date.、Uh, I am super proud to represent Region Seven this year for CCIM. But the education and the online training that a group like that has, or SIOR, or amongst many others、mm-hmm. in the United States, can be really valuable to someone who is. A developing developer. Amazing! That was some great advice. Thank、um, you. I also have never thought about going to work as it's as if it's my first day on the job, and I think that is something that you, when you think about your first day of work, you are nervous and excited, and you go in and you're like, "What can I do? I want to learn." And you're very、everything. optimistic. Yeah, and that that is, 
I think that's going to change a lot of people's outlook. I hope so. Um, so, and then obviously always continuing to learn and grow is important as well. Absolutely. So. I, I, I've been in this business since the early nineties and I still go to continuing education classes. Just the other day, I learned about a new tax credit program and I immediately went back to my office and started reading up about it. And, uh, it's an amazing program here in the state of Ohio. So, um, and now I can share that knowledge with the people I do business with and my friends in this business. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you had fun. And I, I loved it. Thank I you. I really appreciated learning about alone. Thank so, you. Thanks. I hope we brought some value to some people. Yes, hopefully. I'm sure we did. All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you.